The Square Kilometre Array project is dedicated to building the world's biggest radio telescope that stretches over a square kilometre. Its large surface allows for a much larger amount of information to be gathered, making it a huge leap forward in terms of science. Having access to what thousands of radio telescopes see will allow astronomers to monitor the sky in the kind of detail never seen before and to do it quicker than any other system that exists. The precursor to the SKA, the Meerkat Radio Telescope, was launched in July to much fanfare. One of the individuals behind this amazing innovation is Kutsun Nguasheng, manager for the Science Data Processor team at the SKA. He joins us for a unique insight into the team's work in the Northern Cape. Kutsun, thank you so much for joining us uh, on our podcast today. There was such a lot of fanfare around the Meerkat launch, and part of the reason we couldn't speak to you then was that communications into that area were particularly bad at that time. But now that the dust is settling, what's your feeling about how the launch went? I think it went very well. We had the deputy minister, uh, the deputy president of the country, uh, Mr. David Mavuza, there to unveil the telescope to the world. We also had the Minister of Science and Technology and all the former science and technology ministers since the dawn of democracy in our country were also present. So, yeah. Very, very special day indeed. Now, many people realize the Meerkat and SKA are major innovations when it comes to understanding the universe, but not many of us realize what these telescopes are actually going to do. Can you explain that to us in layman's terms? So, the telescopes enable us to see the universe um, better than what our naked eyes can see and What that means is we are able to see through space and time. So you can imagine this phenomenon that you are observing is really far from us. Mm. And the light from those sources takes thousands of years to get to our planet. And so you, you can imagine when you go out and you look at the sky, you're seeing events that occurred millions of years ago at the formative stages of the universe. Amazing. And that's what we were able to observe. The reason we use radio telescopes and specifically radio waves are neighboring waves to the visible light that we see with our naked eyes. And they are able to go through dust in space and other clouds through space, enabling us to see much clearer than what visible light empowers us to see. Right. Now, I understand a lot of information is being gathered all the time. What does your team do with that information? So what we do with the information is we we pretty much clean it up. Uh, We, because you can imagine radio waves are the same waves that you use for your cell phone, for your TV, for anything that is wireless, so as a matter of speaking. Right. And what we do is we clean that out and what remains there is the faint, what is otherwise very faint signals from the universe. And we are able to observe things like star formations, how galaxies relate to one another, and what kind of, what the universe is composed for and what form ultimately it, ta- it's, it has taken over time to the world as we know it today. 
Many people would say we're a country struggling with pressing problems like poverty, unemployment, abuse. Why should we care about what's happening in the skies above us? For one, we should care because, you know, we don't know what's waiting for us out there. Um, (laughs) But more importantly, think about the issues or the things that extract us from poverty, things that developed countries or communities have out there. They have innovation, they have quality education, especially in science and technology. And for them to achieve that, we're talking about decades of them innovating in what is greenfield science, whether it's space and nuclear or such sciences from which we, today we derive how we communicate with one another. They derive how, where we get our electricity, our clean water. And the core behind that is human curiosity. It is by stimulating this at a global level, at world-leading level, that we get the brightest minds in our country to teach the future generations. It is the platform or the basis from which our communities, African communities, are going to learn about science and technology, and out of which we can see the future and the basis of the next economic cycles, and we can participate competitively and alleviate basic problems that we have today. Mm. That's the yeah. So you've, you've been a developer, an architect, a manager in software and infrastructure, among many other things. What drew you to this project that's probably quite different in some ways to what you've done before? For me, this project has always had an appeal for me when I was back when I was university in its formative stages. But what really tipped me over to, to joining this organization was when I became a father. Um, I'm a father to two little girls. Yes, beautiful little girls. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. What I found myself asking was, being a father was the most important thing in my life, but what is it that I spent my time doing? And the answer to that for me came, I would like to create a platform for my children's children through which they can be empowered, through which they can be contributive citizens of the planet through which they can derive a new basis for human relations, science and innovation. And so ever since I've committed myself entirely into this project. That's a really lovely answer. Such a lovely answer. Many describe you as a typical example of black excellence because of the knowledge and expertise you bring to this project. Did you ever think when you were younger that it would be possible for you to be involved in a global innovation of this nature? When I was young, I I did have dreams that I'll go to Mars. Really? Um, I'll be in the labs, yeah, wow. because I've always, I've always been fascinated by, you know, the first landing on the moon. Yes. And when I found out that, well, that's what Americans do, I just never quite believed it. I mean, I'd known it in principle. Yes. So when the square kilometer array was proposed and it came to be, it just felt like a natural progression of my beliefs and what I've always 
yearned to do. I've always believed in democratized science and technology. Yes. And so when this came, it was, you shall be part of this. I imagine when you're in the Northern Cape, the atmosphere is quite different. I mean, you're away from the bright lights, the noise, the distractions of the big city, and you can probably see the stars in a way most human beings can't. Has it made you wonder at all about your own existence on this planet? The amazing thing about what we study is how little time and space humanity has occupied in the grand history of the universe. Mm. Um, The universe is billions of years old. It's older than our own solar system. And we have been able to really communicate with each other intellectually for only a few hundred thousand years. I mean, Mm. to give you an idea, we have had dinosaurs here for millions of years, and they, yes. I believe they didn't get to see themselves in this context. Mm. And we've only been able to do it in a few hundred thousand years. Yes, which really, and we've only been able to use radio waves for just about a hundred of those years. Right. So it kind of like is humiliating or humbling. <laughs> the word I'm looking for yes. is humbling mm-hmm. to to know that there has always been all this phenomenon and we're just literally scratching the surface of understanding where we fit in in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah. What, what is your hope in terms of, of what the SKA will bring us as, as shall we say, the, the global human collective? When I started this project, or I started being in this project, I had hoped that as South Africans, we would have this global respect. And I believe that that has come to be, and it will continue to be. We have truly built a telescope that changes the way people do science, Mm -hmm. from the ability to cater to several studies concurrently, as you had said in your introduction, at really high speeds of observations. It allows us to participate meaningfully in data science uh, where the data we generate essentially from what we observe and how our instrument works is and enables science in and of itself. And this is the way science is going. If you look at CERN, if you look at the next generation of projects coming out of NASA, if you look at interplanetary missions, um, this is the way things are going. And the square kilometer array puts a square and center in that ecosystem. I would like to see more South Africans, younger South Africans, choosing this as their career. I would like to see solutions spinning out of South Africa, creating organizations as large as your Googles and your Oracles and your Microsofts the next iterations of those. Or better yet, economic spaces that do not exist as of today, just like cell phones didn't exist some 40 years ago as a commercial industry. Yes. I'd like to see this being the inertia that this continent needs or has been waiting for to take its place in the global space. So lovely speaking to you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. Kutsung Washeng, Manager for the Science Data Processor Team at the Square Kilometre Array. Thank you so much for joining us on Journeys.